This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles, and we are talking about physical episode 205, Don't You Want to Watch? I am Joe Lipset, and I am joined as always by Jen Adams. Hello. As well as Gina Radcliffe. Hello. All right, ladies, we have what we affectionately described to off air before we begin recording as possibly the best episode of the season to date, and I am really psyched to dig into this. Can we begin with the tape? Yes. So we have a a little bit of blackmail going on, as we anticipated last week, but it doesn't quite play out the way we thought. Or maybe it does. I don't know. It, It feels like Tyler and Bunny ended up doing kind of what we thought they would do, but they took a detour to get to where they end up. Yes, and it just made me love them both more. I love how conflicted (laughs) Tyler is about this. I love their whole emotional journey. I love their little covert spy operation in the mall. It just like, Uh I could not love Tyler more. And I just, him and Bunny together. I, It makes me wish that we had had more of this kind of dynamic for a lot more of the episodes, you know? I I like seeing Bunny happy and excited. Me too. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. She's really hot when she's like this, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the sort of sunglass subterfuge stakeout at the mall is such good stuff. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's finally giving these actors something a little bit more interesting and dynamic to do than just sit on the couch and be sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or sit in the van and be sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although I will say, that old-timey 80s van was giving me the feels. I know, me too. How fun is it? (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh i love it yeah <laughs> yeah all i need all i needed was like just like some sort of like heavy metal image like spray painted on the side right uh-huh <laughs> right 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 just like a couple of kids from that 70s show in the back you know <laughs> right yeah just yeah. open the open the back doors it's like a giant cloud of weed smoke <laughs> totally. out. oh naturally yeah. right 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 yeah and you know it has one of those shell curtains you know with oh the of screens. course oh, no. yeah <laughs> y'all i had one of those in my old apartment and i got so many splinters from it that i had to take it down oh jeez. <laughs> i know it was it was in my tragic college era so health and safety issue exactly yeah <laughs> so were you surprised at the direction this takes like did you think that they were actually going to approach john bream's wife or were you like no this is going to go the sad way it goes um, I mean, it, it seems to me, my question is like, like, why her initially? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to me they're kind of, you know, jumping to point B without trying point A. Right. right. I, I mean, if I was going to blackmail somebody, I would go to John Bream and say, if you don't give us money, we're going to show this to your wife. Right. Rather, right. Than, rather than going to the wife and saying, you don't give us money, we're going to what i i guess embarrass mm-hmm. the you know release it somewhere and embarrass the whole family or or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not i'm not sure why they they thought that initially she'd be the best the first person they go to on this 
Well, and I wonder if they were initially going to go to him, because, and she just happened to be uh-huh. driving their car, you know? Yes, that's it's how kind I of took like it. The 90210 Dylan McKay situation, you know? <laughs> Only much less tragic. I think they were trying to pivot on the fly, and I thought, oh, well, we'll follow her for a little bit, get a sense of who she is, look at how much money she's spending. Okay, she is a good candidate. And then, yeah, they realize, oh, no, she's actually as sad as we are. So this maybe isn't a good plan. I still would have stuck with John Bream, personally. I wouldn't have gone to Sheila because they know that Sheila doesn't have a ton of money. So asking for 25k in, like, early 80s money is uh ambitious right i think they might probably just like intimidated by john bream he's mm. he's pretty oh, okay. scary you know yeah like he's yeah, very he can, he can he can fu- he can fuck with them more than mm. sheila could <laughs> and mormons aren't even allowed to fuck with people so. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> right i think that i assume they probably think sheila is gonna go to him although it's oh. interesting because mm. i don't think they know Obviously, I think they don't know about the relationship. They think it was just this one-off, <laughs> this one-off incident in the mall. Um, or I know so I'm, that was that was unintentional, but you know I'll I'll embrace it. Um, but I <laughs> sorry, I got so enamored with my accidental joke that I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that they thought Sheila might go to John Bream. Oh yeah, yeah. But now that I'm talking through it, I don't know because I don't think they assume that they have continued this relationship. So I don't know. Because it does seem very... I mean, they are separated by a lot of feet, you know? Like, it's not your typical affair. Right. Yeah. How could they know? They they, they, right. they wouldn't know. Um, right. I have a theory for that I want to... Well, not really a theory. A question that I want to run past the both of you. Okay. John Bream seems to be startled that the camera was where he was when he and Sheila had their first encounter. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the security guard who just happens to be a friend of Tyler's says, Oh, well, he installed that camera. So right. how much of that do you think was unconsciously doing something where he hoped he would get caught? Ooh, oh, interesting. I hadn't I thought about even that. considered it. No, I was definitely like, Oh, he doesn't realize until after the kind of heat of the moment that mm-hmm. he was standing in that precarious spot. But yeah, I mean, we have talked a lot about how John Bream doesn't always seem to be conscious of the things that he's doing because he is so bottled up, like he's so resistant to feeling anything close to emotions. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if this is him subconsciously sabotaging. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even doing this in the mall to begin with, I mean, it's not like, like a lot of people have keys to that mall. Sheila happened to walk in on whatever. I think he was just jogging at first. Yeah. Yeah. He was just jogging around like the the, Mm -hmm. the tiers of the mall. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember even when it happened, we were like, are there not custodians? Like he, he would know this is not a private place. Right. And he is the one that initiates all the, the hands, you know, mm-hmm. like he's the one to, to first start going down that road. <laughs> it's just like, like when he's like, you know, he seems to be having, you know, a good day and as much as a good day as John Bream is you know, <laughs> right. able right. to accomplish. He's got that whole sort of, you know, I just got laid kind of thing. Where uh-huh. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like 
whistling and you know kind of got he's like little... ron swanson wearing a red shirt you right know? <laughs> he's got he's got a little bit he's got a little bit of a spring in his step uh-huh and then like he sees the camera and it's more like oh god what have i done like like yeah, yeah. not so much like that camera's there but mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it, like all of a sudden it, it's you know it's the realization of what he has done has mm-hmm. come over him but yeah. i don't know i mean i i feel like he could have at some point said well maybe let's move over here so we're not right, right. In the uh you know the camera sites of the the camera that i installed right right and i think that what have i done thing is less like i have committed what could be described as an act of adultery mm-hmm. uh, more so like i have outed myself as wanting something different for my life or i have like put this more on display like this isn't a private thing anymore right he's he's let the genie out of the bottle as it exactly were. yeah mm-hmm. just the euphemisms are just flowing like crazy i love it <laughs> <laughs> well if we think about it too i mean i feel like physical is a show that is interested in interrogating not just private versus public lives but also what happens when people start to open themselves up to new possibilities right like Mm -hmm. the show introduced all of these characters in very stagnant sort of stifling 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 positions (laughs) and the more that they started to like embrace who they are what they truly want you know yes it definitely creates conflict but it also opens them up to new people new experiences and i think in john bream's case this was like a direction that it seems like he had never actively considered. And now all of a sudden he doesn't know how to turn it off. Right. He can't, mm-hmm. he can't stop thinking about it now. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, the other thing that happens in this episode with him is that he goes to visit what we discover is his queer father's lover who lives on a mm-hmm. boat and is super kind and patient. But like John Brink basically asks him for permission to pursue either adultery or potentially divorce or just like the dissolution of his current life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was fascinating. That was one one of the things I was like, yes, the show is finally giving us more depth for this character because that just answers so many questions, I think, about who he is and how he sees what his life is supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. because of who he was raised by, you know. If I recall, his father supposedly drowned. Is that is that mm-hmm. right? I mean, what do we think that he might have actually committed suicide? I think that's the uh, implication. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Or maybe passive, passively, you know, like he just kind of like himself. threw threw himself into 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 the water and just kind of laid there and you know, waited to drown. Yeah, or like put himself in a position where it would have been easier for him to die than to be saved, you know? But, like, it's hella telling that this lover lives on a freaking houseboat, right? Like, mm-hmm. did Dad just go over the side one night? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, this all plays into his fear of the water. Like, this mm-hmm. is or John Bream's fear of the water because not only does it represent his father's death, but this, like, major secret that he's been carrying. Right. Yeah, that's a good. That's a that's a good point. Like, there's just so much tied up in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I find it interesting that the lover was not at all surprised to see him there. No, nope, not at all. Which which kind of suggests that he's visited him before. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, in a in a in a non confrontational way, which you know mm-hmm. is surprising, 
considering that you know the Mormon Church is not particularly inviting not super of, kind no. of, of gay people. No. Yeah. Now I didn't get the sense that they had that I got the sense it was more like a fatherly kind of relationship, or more like a mentory friendship relationship, not any kind of like explicit or not not explicit, but like any kind of romantic thing. Did, is that the sense y'all got? No, no, no. Uh, I I think that that. John Breen may feel does this character have a name? I, I apologize. I, don't think I didn't so. catch it. Okay. Yeah. He talks about John Breen's father, whose name we find out is Porter, but I don't think we Porter. learned this character's name. I, yeah. I think that John Breen perceives him as maybe the person who knew his father best. Mm, yes. Yeah. I, I almost thought he was a therapist at first. Before they started talking about his father's relationship, you know, it's like is this mm-hmm. like a secret like therapy kind of thing? But we also oh, know, I, I know, <laughs> I want them to go to therapy so much. I saw, uh, one of my friends sent me a gif, a gif of MILFs, which is man I'd like to find a therapist for. <laughs> oh, like, God. Oh, that's my new favorite phrase. And all the men on the show need one. I was going to say, and all the men on the show. <laughs> I know. But we also know that it seems that they have a financial agreement as well, which I assume is to keep this man from revealing his relationship with Porter. So it could be that in just kind of the course of him paying him or establishing this relationship, they've kind of gotten to be friends. And I also think he's kind of a person where John Breen feels like he doesn't have anything to lose by being honest with, you know? So it could be that there's a kind of safety or comfort there. Oh, yeah. Did I miss the financial aspect of their relationship? He's talking about dividends or something. And it could be that oh. I am taking the plot of death at a funeral and projecting it onto the situation a little bit. Oh, interesting. I took that just to mean that this guy was a financier in some of his ventures. I didn't consider it like ah. a payoff. I imagine that John Bream either worked for or inherited his father's business. And mm-hmm. this dude was a partner in multiple senses of the word. Yeah, I mean, it could be that's how they met, you know, or that's why they were in business together. So, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just another part of his life that is so completely secretive and repressed and just, you know, we have to speculate so much, you know? Right. I just, I found it fascinating because this felt like we were cracking the character open in a completely different facet. And it's like one scene with a character who isn't named. Right, exactly. Yeah, like I, you know, several times, you know, described John Bream as creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like I said, here, just, just the way, like, again, he's still very reserved. You know, he's still, you know, not particularly, he, he doesn't, he never actually says, you know, explicitly what he's talking about as far as, you know, wanting to get away from things. But you know, the, the, like, the, again, the, the fact that he seems as comfortable as he's capable of being around this guy, you know, who, you know, a lot of other people would see him as being partially responsible in a situation for, mm-hmm. you know, the, the person's death, you know, who was probably very depressed, probably felt at least as trapped in his situation as John Bream does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that he is at least able to look at this man as, okay, none of this was his fault. Oh, yeah. I loved that part of the scene, too, where he was like, no, no, no. 
it's the rest of his life that was the problem. I was the one yeah. who gave him what he needed. I thought that was just such a, a sweet mm-hmm. moment. And that's what John Breen needs to hear too. You know? I do. I do love the line about, you know, I want someone, I, I want someone to tell me that it's okay for to walk away from everything. And he's like, no one's going right. to tell you that. Like, who would tell you that? Yeah. I know. I mean, especially when there's, like, children involved and, mm-hmm. like, dude, you got a pregnant wife. I mean, not that this guy knows that his, his wife is pregnant, but it's like, no one's going to tell you just to, you know, hurt a lot of people in your, you know, your quest to find what you need in life. Yeah. But, I mean, that's such the truth, too. And, like, I have, like, implored the heavens at times in my life like just tell me what to do or just tell mm-hmm. me you know and so I totally understand that need like I just need permission for this and I love that he reflects back to him like you're the one that nobody's going to give you permission it's you that gives yourself permission and the right. fact that you're saying it out loud is another step towards taking that I mean yes he is going to hurt a lot of people and it's not a good thing but I mean I think as Bunny and Tyler were kind of talking about it like his wife's not happy either, you know, like no, no, nobody no. is happy in these situations. And I think if he can look at what happened to his father as kind of an object lesson of like, this is where my life is heading. And right. is this where I want to end up, you know, or do I want to take a chance that it's going to hurt really, really bad right now, but in the long run, maybe we'll be happier. You know? Well, here's a, here's a, here's a question for you both do you think that when he says he you know he wants a different life do you think he wants to be with sheila yeah that's how i took it because i feel like that's the direction the show has been leading us in but it could Mm -hmm. just mean that he doesn't want to stay in an unhappy marriage anymore too and i think sheila might just be the focal point that represents like his freedom from that marriage you know like right I wonder if if they did, like, leave everything behind and, like, run off together. Like, I don't think they'd be very happy, especially considering, oh God, like, no. Sheila. No. I don't think Sheila's really that into him. But I think he represents, or she, Sheila represents freedom to him. And so I think that's yeah. what he will allow himself to think he wants right now. Because that is still some kind of stability. You know, it is still a relationship. And I think mm-hmm. it might be easier for him to say, I want a different kind of what I have than I want something completely different that breaks all the rules that I've been brought up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how they feel about each other on an emotional sense. Yeah. Uh, because I, of course I, they've never had a conversation. Right. <laughs> I, I, I agree that I, I think she enjoys, you know, you know, the sex with him for, you know, whatever reason that actually, you know, wants him for some sort of, you know, emotional companionship. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, th- I think that for Sheila, everybody in her life serves a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, right, right, right now, right now, Danny is the caregiver of their child. He, do- she doesn't really care about him emotionally anymore. You know, we can see that she is trying to get him to admit that he's cheating on her mm-hmm. because she wants him to be the bad guy, and, yep. the, and, and so so it could it could make it easier to end the relationship. Do you think that that's why she asks about Wanda? Oh, yeah. And I think that's also to make herself feel better. Mm-hmm. Ah. Now, the thing is, Danny has cheated on her. Right. But, but she doesn't know this. No. She doesn't. It was Maya that found out. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe let's switch over to Sheila then, because my, my segue was actually going to be, oh, well, we finally get not just one, but two confirmed uh, areas of queerness. But then I have to walk that back because, of course, while we have 
John Bream's father and his lover on one hand. Uh, we think we've got Vinnie Green pegged, but it turns out that maybe there's something going on with this Marika woman that he is being managed by. So let's mm-hmm. talk about Sheila's trip to L.A. with Greta. Yes. I love Anna Gunn, I just have to say, too. It took me a minute to put to recognize her as Skylar from Breaking Bad, but I was so happy to see her on TV again, even for just a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like you wouldn't cast her unless you were going to give her more to do, so I feel like right. this isn't the last we've seen of her. And I wonder what the nature of their relationship actually is, you know? Yeah. And I kind of wanted to get y'all's read on that. Well, let's start with you, Gina, because you pegged Vinny as a Richard Simmons type very early on. And here it seems like, you know, Sheila has her her private monologue when she's meeting with Augie, where she's like, how many different ways is there to avoid saying gay? And I was like, okay, so everyone in this world knows that Vinny Green is gay. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's got this woman. I feel like this is the show doing a funny bait and switch with us, like... We, we all know that Vinny Green is gay, and maybe he just doesn't, and he thinks he's in a sexual relationship with mm. Marika. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that, that kiss was kind of weird. Like, like <laughs> they, were, they weren't even, like, touching lips. <laughs> <laughs> so they were just kind of doing, like, women, women, women thing. And it could be just that, you know, she's his, you know, financier for, for yeah. you know, his, his business, and that it's a, you know, did he say they were married? It's a, it's a it's a relationship mm-hmm. of convenience, right? You know, yeah, where 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 she stands to make money off of him, and again, mm-hmm. j- just like with the no one's going to tell you that line. I also love how he talks about how he has his own business, and mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have to answer to anybody. As she was like, well, except Marika, and he kind of mm-hmm. stops for a moment, and he's like, he's like, he's like well everybody needs a partner Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like and it's like you just said you're making all the decisions yourself right so if you have a partner then no you're not right exactly especially a partner that has some kind of like financial dominance over you you know and i Mm -hmm. wonder if the relationship is completely honest on both sides like part of the way i read it is that Vinny is kind of playing into this romance because Marika is the financier and he doesn't want to jeopardize that whereas he can still kind of have the freedom to do whatever he wants as long as she's not around you know what I mean like maybe I don't know I could be reading way too much into it yeah I was gonna say I think we're overcomplicating it I think it's probably (laughs) that it's not a good business decision to be out in this age Mm, and day right yeah that's yeah yeah, that's 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 an excellent point point. yeah Mm mm-hmm I mean, as we see from Sheila's manager, you know? Exactly. He says, you know, we're a family-friendly company. So Mm -hmm. he clearly is telling her, not only do you need to stay in line as a woman that we effectively own via contract, but also please do not associate yourself with known homosexuals. Mm Mm-hmm. That whole scene where where she goes to have a meeting with the manager, just all the body language in that is mm-hmm. is wild. Like she kind of puts her hand out to shake his hand, and he instead he just puts his hands on her, like yeah. like like you know grabbing her shoulders. He completely ignores Greta, which is which is hilarious mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even open the folder with her ideas in my air quotes. Did y'all watch y'all watch the movie, the TV show uh, on becoming a god in Central Florida? Mm-mm. I never did. No, it's it's a great show, and if we ever want to do like another season of this, as far as episode by episode, that would be a good one for it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's a character in it. He's sort of a, a he's almost a cult leader, but he runs an MLM. It's sort of like okay. a combination of like Amway and Scientology. Mm-hmm. But the way he treats uh, Kirsten Dunst's character is very much like this, where he's very patronizing mm-hmm. and she gives him ideas for how to do things. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to read this. And, and But you know, also talking a game of, oh, we're a big family here and I'm open to what anybody has to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then just completely going back on that within, you know, a matter of seconds because, mm-hmm. you know, he says so- she says something he slightly doesn't like. Yeah, because right. it's just the company line. It's not true, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do love that Sheila effectively recognizes that, though, right? Like, when she mm-hmm. and Greta are leaving before they go to see Vinny, she definitely says, you know, oh, I, I got the read on this guy. I know that he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about my business. I'm just, like, another piece of the bottom line. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that that conversation was mixed in with Greta deciding whether or not to buy the bag. Because I was like, oh, we're just talking about different kinds of like capitalism and ownership here. But Mm -hmm. it it was telling to me that Sheila just said, well, Greta, just buy the bag. You're rich. I was like, "Mm." is she saying like, hey, Greta, you could also give me money. Okay, I think that's the show pointing it out to us. I, I'm not sure if Sheila has totally made that connection yet. Although I think in the preview, there is a scene where she asks Greta to go into business with her. So I think that's coming. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I'm jumping kind of ahead to predictions. I, I think she's going to ask Greta for the money to, to pay off right. uh, Buddy and Tyler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which seems odd that she wouldn't ask John, but I mean, if depending on how she's feeling about John, it's so weird. I don't know what she she wants to be bound to him like that. Mm, That is very fair. Oh, you're right. I mean, Greta seems like a safer bet, right? You don't have to involve anybody, and you know that Greta will probably give you the money. Yeah. You know what she should do is she should get the money from Greta and say, hey, bunny, here's the money. Let's do this brand thing together. Let's like build this thing gotcha. with this money. instead." <laughs> I know. I just want them to be friends. Yeah. I don't, I don't know they could ever trust each other again. <laughs> no, I think that the friendship aspects between Bunny and Sheila are officially dead now. That final scene just broke my heart. Like, I can see where they're coming from and I understand why Bunny and Tyler did it and they have been hurt. Mm -hmm. But just for Sheila, it's just got to feel like the walls are just falling down like piece by piece by piece by piece, you know? And I just... Yeah, it's definitely one step forward, two steps back, right? Because I feel like this Mm -hmm. episode was her realizing, okay, it's not going to happen with Augie. He's not going to believe in me. She sees Mm -hmm. a bit of a ray of light of possibility with Vinny. He does offer her, you know... I don't really know what to make of the moisture wicking tights uh, (laughs) enterprise, but it seems like, you know, she may be considered, okay, I could breach my contract and go into partnership with this much more successful man. Yeah. But then, yeah, she comes home and realizes, oh, my dumb, dumb husband is teaching my fucking daughter how to throw (laughs) knives and I'm being blackmailed. Great. You know, I swear I thought it was going to be Jerry in the backyard. I thought it was going to be Jerry, too. Oh, God, please. Uh-huh. I, I, I feel like I should have said anything. I cursed the show. I was going to say, I was so close to, like, texting you, Gina, and being like, Gina, you did this. If it had been Jerry, you would have gotten a very angry message from me. It's like Beetlejuice. Yeah, we saw him. Yeah. I said it, but I didn't mean it. Yeah. I did love the scene where Dave was like, no, it's not safe. It's nice. 
That cracks me up. Oh, God. Fucking Danny was complaining about, oh, they're teaching the little girl sewing. It's like, Danny, sewing is a good thing to learn. It is. It's not bad. It's yeah, The bad it's, thing is that you don't teach boys to sew. It's a you. useful skill. Mm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you surprised then when Wanda basically calls him out? Like, I, I yeah. did not expect her to say, you know what? I always thought you were a jerk and now I just got confirmation. Yeah, because I thought they I thought they kind of had a flirtation going on. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, they 100% did. But I feel like, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden she's like, no, now I'm seeing through you. I thought she was going to be new Simone and I'm so happy she's not. Yeah, I, I, I think that she sees him as everybody else does, which is completely full of shit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I I think it would have been fine if he had have complimented her son Leo for doing a great job on that PBS commercial. But when he didn't, and other people did, I think she was like, "Nope, the jig is up." Well, right. he was he, he was super he was just super whiny and complaining oh, God. and and like you know oh why weren't people paying attention to what I mean Dan you know why children do better mm-hmm. in these things you're not you're not stupid. Totally. That's why he had the kids to begin, though, as well. Part yes. of the reason. I mean, what did he expect to be? Just, you know, have these kids just standing behind him while he gave his speech? I mean, mm-hmm. no one was going to allow that. Right. Yeah. I did like him getting called out on it, though. Oh, Because totally. I was expecting the season to just go down the Simone Road again and have right. another woman blowing smoke up his ass that he's going to be, like, tempted by, you know? Well, okay, and and that's a really good point, because I wanted to kind of pull back a little bit from just looking at the show character by character or like storyline by storyline, because I feel like the last two episodes have been a turning point overall. Mm -hmm. Like the last two episodes feel so strong to me, like all of a sudden, all of the gentle qualms or concerns I had about whether the show was ever going to find its own voice and kind of click in place, they've all gone away. These last two episodes have been so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like for a long time, the show has known what it's doing with Sheila and right. has kind of known where it's going there, but everybody around her has just been a supporting player in that. And they, like we talked a lot about how we didn't think they knew what to do with Bunny. And I think they're slowly starting to just figure out the entire world of this show rather than just Sheila's arc, which I'm really excited mm. about. I, I really love the parting line where, where after Bunny and Tyler show up and, you know, tell her that you need to give us $25,000 or I guess were they going to send the tape to Danny? I guess or what? Yeah. What was he? Or did they actually say what they were going to do the tape? If she didn't pay so off. So they were going to send it to Augie, and then they were also going to send it to Danny. Oh right, right, right. And mm-hmm. and uh, Bunny kind of goes off on her and says, you know, how someone that as messed up as you, you know, going to try to help people? Uh, yeah. Which just cuts to the heart of Sheila. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, you could have slapped her. I mean, and and mm-hmm. I and I think that that might be you know, what compels her just to get her shit together. Right. And because, you know, you're only, you're only going to, I mean, I, I had to laugh when she, when she was saying to Augie, it's like, oh yeah, I want to do cookbooks. And it's like, right? Sheila, <laughs> what are you going to be cooking? You barely eat anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, how are you going to you know, be some sort of, you know, guru on healthy eating when you, you have bulimia. Right. And I, and obviously there are plenty of, celebrities who you know have you know clearly have disordered eating but right. are putting out their little cookbooks and all I mean, i'm not going to name anybody but we all know who i'm talking about mm-hmm. right. and you know it's pretty well established that they don't 
you know, engage in healthy living. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Sheila, what are you even thinking about here that you're going to do a cookbook? Right. Mm-hmm. What are you going to fill the pages with, Sheila? Right. I mean, she's just, she's so ambitious. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's one of the things that I love about this character, right, is that she will do and say anything to get out there. But also, she never stops to think about, okay, aside from getting rich and getting famous, how am I actually going to accomplish my goals? Do I even actually want this? Like, she's so desperate to not be a stay-at-home mother who is married to Danny. Like, she's just running headfirst into things without actually thinking things through. And it'll be... It'll be interesting to see if she ever comes to that realization of like, am I actually doing things because I enjoy them? Like she enjoys aerobics because of the way it makes her feel, but it's because Mm -hmm. she has huge control issues. And Uh for her to then say, oh, well, like she literally says lifestyle branding in this episode. I just thought, Sheila, do you even know what that means? Like, do you know what that means to you? The level of scrutiny that is going to invite into her life is going to be just nuts yeah. that's why i'm saying she's got to get her shit together oh, and, she's got to get her shit together <laughs> yeah figure figure out you know if she and danny you know can keep going the way they are which they can't no, I, mean, yeah. I mean i mean you know maya is just completely acting out at this point doesn't want anything to do with sheila mm. and I, I think that she needs to figure things out you'd even save her relationship with her kid at this point right which, yeah. which is a shame because maya's only like what like five Mm-hmm. And and yeah. you know there's already like a, a, a schism between them because yeah. you know you know mm-hmm. Maya can you know even someone as little as Maya can say okay mom doesn't really want much to do with me right <laughs> you know? uh-huh. and and you know Sheila does come off as very phony mm-hmm. yeah like she smiles at her but it doesn't really kind of go to her eyes and and you know it feels all very forced now yeah. I, I don't mean to say that Sheila doesn't love Maya. But Sheila is also not very good at expressing love in an honest way. No, Mm -hmm. to anybody, but definitely not the kid. Right. And I think that Maya is starting to figure that out because, you know, kids can see that thing, that kind of thing a lot sooner than you think they can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about to get real, real messy, I think, in Sheila's world because, like, part of getting her shit together is going to mean taking away all of the covering mechanisms she has, like in all of the structure, because I think, I think that work at working out does make her feel really good, but it's also another addiction, you know? Mm-hmm. And we see that like when she left the funeral to go work out in her funeral clothes, which just made that, that like activated some of my control issues. I'm like, what are you wearing? <laughs> but like when you start and not to get too personal, but like I've kind of been through this, like trying to get healthy with a lot of control issues. And it means taking away all of the structure and then all that's left is the mess. And then you have to figure out how to build the mess into something that works. And Ugh. it's terrifying. And it's like you feel like you're just exposing your whole life to the world. And I feel like she's going to have a really, really hard time with it. But I want to see her do that because that's what she needs, you know? Oh, for sure. And I think that's where the compelling drama and conflict of the show is going to come from, right? Like, we know that Sheila can do the work to grow her business. We've seen Mm -hmm. her hustle and and make things happen, but she has never been prepared to do the work on herself. And I feel like that's what the whole show is about, right? You know, she's either going to have to figure that shit out or she's going to continue to fail. 
Right. Yeah, I like the way you put it. Like, she's going to have to realize if this is actually what she wants. Like, does she want to be Vinnie Green? Or is Mm -hmm. that just the next step in this compulsive need to succeed and need to keep pushing herself, you know? I I think she is. I think she is good and done with having to answer to people. Mm -hmm. It definitely seems that way. I don't think she wants a situation. And I think that this would be the situation that Vinny has with Marika would be the same. She'd find herself in the same situation with John Breen. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. you know, he is funding her, you know, and she has the illusion of being an independent businesswoman. But at the end of the day, he's still the one making the decisions because he's the one that has the money. That's a good point. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think she wants that. I mean, she shouldn't want it. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that she could see that Marika is the one actually kind of pulling the strings and, you know, Vinny is just kind of the, the, the face of this brand. Yeah. And I feel like Greta would listen to her. Like if she and Greta went into business together, Greta, like I love this thing she's been doing recently of like kind of starting to talk about herself, but then pulling her back and saying, no, 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 I'm here for you. It's okay. You know, and I just, it's kind of a sweet acknowledgement of like, I can share my interests with you, but I also am willing to be here for you in this moment. You know what I mean? I feel like they would make a good partnership together. Yeah, Greta Greta's the only person who doesn't judge her. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, for and sure. I feel like she feels comfortable with Greta. Yes. As comfortable as she feels with you. Right. You know, as, you know, as yeah, as comfortable as she's capable of feeling. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, <laughs> if she is you know, the problem is, is that she can't just tell Greta, oh, I need $25,000. Right. You know, yeah. she has to, she has to tell him, well, I'm being blackmailed. She has to explain. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you mean blackmailed for? Well, mm-hmm. I was in a mall masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which Greta would be totally cool with. I feel like she would actually be kind of excited because it's not Danny. You know? I think she'd be a little shocked so that too. it was John Bream, though. Well, like, yeah. Like, oh, like, you know, because yeah. he's a pretty, he's a pretty prominent person in their area so unless you just say i was caught on tape masturbating in the mall i didn't say i was with somebody else i guess she didn't have doesn't have to be specific about yeah she's probably not gonna ask to watch the tape yeah i mean ernie might but (laughs) ernie might yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just because he likes electronics you know that's the only reason and video yeah right yeah Okay, so so money is definitely going to be at the forefront. We've got $25,000 in blackmail. Maybe that's going to go to Greta to help solve. But then also, so this is me switching into prediction mode for the next episode. Mm-hmm. I do think that Sheila's going to try to work with Vinnie Green. I do think she's mm-hmm. going to accept his offer for partnership. And it'll be a question of whether it's actually better or right. if she's just entering into a new contract that she didn't realize she was signing. Right, because part of me heard that and was thinking, oh, is he just trying to eliminate her as direct competition? If he can get her on board in a like subsidiary kind of way, then he can mm-hmm. maybe make her sign a non-compete clause or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, but I also think that she could really learn a lot from Vinnie Green. So like, if they approach this relationship in the right way, I think it could be really good for her, but also Mm -hmm. really bad. All right. Any other ideas about what we might see in the future? This is not just because I love Tyler, but I want to I want to see how this actual blackmailing kind of goes for them. I want to see what happens like 
what they're going to do, what's their end game after this, you know, how mm-hmm. are they going to continue to stay relevant to the plot? Like, I'm just curious to see where this goes. And I love how they're setting up how conflicted Tyler is about this. So I want to see more of that. You know, I, I think, well, I think at the end, I think Tyler still kind of likes Sheila. I think so mm-hmm. too. I think so too. Yeah. They, if they can, you know, both get the money and not have to, not that they're going to hurt her, but, but you know, uh, uh, impact her life. He'd rather do that. Right. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, look, Bunny, you and Sheila should be best friends. You should work together again. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I'm not right. going to give up on it. I mean, I also feel like, you know, uh, uh, Mrs. Bream looks like she's about to pop any minute now. She is. Yeah. So right. I, I, I wonder how, you know, I wonder Ooh. if like, the birth of their new child is going to... You know, mm-hmm. either John John Bream's going to say, "Well, you know, maybe I should just do the right thing and you know take care, you know, continue taking care of my family," or if it's going to drive him away even more. Yeah, because he right. can't get wound too much more tightly than he is. No. Yeah, I mean we we've, we've got multiple characters dropping the word righteous in this episode, mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see who ends up entering down that path. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just funny to me that like the the flashback at the beginning of the uh, of the episode where he's you know walking into the mall that's like the closest I've seen him smiling. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't think we'll I didn't think this I didn't think this show would make me feel sorry for him, but, but I know. I'm starting to feel sorry for him. I know. I want good things for him too. You know. I mean, he's responsible for every, for the position he's in, and he's not a good person, but. You know. I don't think there are any good people on this show. I don't think there are. Except Greta. Except Greta, yeah. Right, except yes, Greta. Yes. <laughs> but on the other hand, I don't think there's anybody that is completely bad on the show, except Jerry. Oh, no. no. So Jerry. <laughs> so we've got Jerry and Greta. <laughs> That's our scale. <laughs> yeah, the spectrum is. Right. Okay. Well, Jen, if people want to talk to you about... <laughs> I have no idea. What would they want to Just being best friends about? and doing aerobics? Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> People want to talk about happy things. How would they get a hold of you? Yes. You can follow me on Jen Feratu at uh, Twitter and Instagram. I don't know what kind of prepositions I just used in that sentence, but follow me there for more concise thoughts. Um, you mm-hmm. can also find me on the uh, Losers Club podcast, which is about Stephen King, and on the Psychoanalysis podcast, which is about horror movies and mental health. Nice. And Gino, what about you? I co-host the Kill by Kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies focusing on the characters. Uh, we also have a little side project called Dish by Dish uh, in which we're doing a Hannibal rewatch. We are currently four episodes into season three. You know, shortly before we get entirely too handsome Francis Dollarhide showing up. Yeah. Uh, and I am on Twitter under Gina Does Things. Excellent. And if people want a little bit more of me, they can hear me on Horror Queers every Wednesday, and I can be reached at B, still on my remote, and that's the letter B. All right, so we are past the halfway point in the season, so when we return next week, we will be into the back half. Uh, I'm intrigued to see where it goes, but until then... Don't teach your fucking kids how to throw knives? Totally, yes. No, teach them sewing. Sewing is yeah. much more useful. Yes, yes. exactly. But maybe Stick not in Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts no. stresses me out <laughs> a lot.
Squad.